Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. All right. Hello, everybody. We've got a very, very special episode for you. Joining TJ and I today, we have Mike Ryan Ruiz. We have the hottest story in sports media right now. He is here to talk about with us his exit as executive producer of the Dan Levitard show, fresh off a new contract with Meadowlark Media and a trip to Montana. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. I know uh, you and I have been playing phone tag a bit for uh, basically, I think, since the preseason. And uh, you've you've been very malleable and it's deeply appreciated. My schedule has been a little bit crazy between producing the Levitard show and co-writing a musical it's been a lot it's been a lot (laughs) well with the scoop this big we're going to be flexible so we can get it yeah 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 uh i'm all about it but let's talk about the most important thing that brings us all together which is obviously the ice cats yes yes the ice cats i mean they're right now we're recording in the middle of the uh, blue jackets game it's one one uh you've obviously been a big proponent of the ice cats on the show uh, just the first thing we kind of want to tell you, what is your, you know, what's that moment that you go back to as your first memory as a Panthers fan where it's like, shit, I'm hooked. Uh, first memory. I was, I remember the expansion year. Uh, they had a very good expansion year. Vegas kind of <laughs> changed it. What everybody's expectation is when it comes to expansion teams. But at the time, the Florida Panthers were one of the greatest expansion stories we had ever seen. They just missed the playoffs. Uh, Beezer's mask. I remember the final game where Beezer came well out of the net all the way to the blue line to, to make a save. Uh, I, I love the team from the very beginning. I was a big sports fan when I was growing up and 96 hit me at the right age. I was about 11 years old. Uh, I didn't miss a game that season and the 96 run was just so magical for me that they had me hooked. They had me hooked for a good long while. It took, it took two NHL lockouts to kind of shake me off of my passion that and a very long playoff drought um but uh i came back i actually worked for the florida panthers out of high school uh it was an internship but it was also during a lockout season so my internship quickly evolved or devolved depending on how you look at it and to me having a corner office and a real nine-to-five job until i realized hey what the hell's going on here your mark's got me working a lot um, but uh i would not I probably wouldn't have the career that I have now were not for the Panthers uh, taking part in this career fair that the the Miami Heat actually hosted. But I was all about hockey. Hockey was my favorite sport at the time. And it got me into uh, 
got me into sports, got me into the entertainment sector. Right that, at that point, we were mainly a, an entertainment venue, but I worked a lot of cool concerts. And uh, it, my experience under Michael Yormark during the lockout wasn't so terrible that I didn't that it didn't push me away from other internship opportunities, which is why I actually latched onto the career that I had. Um, so without the Panthers, I'm not exactly sure I would have been working in sports. So thankfully the Panthers are really good now and we don't have to perpetually do the, the five points out of the final playoffs spot song and dance, but this team has always captured my imagination and, and attention. And I was just hopeful that we'd have, seasons like last season season like seasons like this season which are amazing and hopefully the fan base grows from it yeah and I definitely think we're starting to see the fan base grow I mean um the Predators have never been a draw and there was 15,000 in the in the stands uh for that game and tonight's Columbus and it looks like there's another 15,000 in the stands like people are finally starting to take notice of this team and uh yeah, you're right. We've been waiting so long for a good team. And to not only have a good team, to have an exciting team, that's just so good for growing a fan base. But if there's one thing we do need, I think we need a banner in, in the in the Florida Hockey Now forum that it's uh, kept Mike Ryan in the sports entertainment industry. So uh, I think <laughs> we need right that banner. The, hang it right next to the Celine Dion banner. They <laughs> finally got rid of that piece of trash. Oh. No. Bring it back. That's a that's an important part of our hockey history down here. Which, which arena has a, a Taylor Swift banner? Is that the, the Staples or, you know, Crypto.com now? I can't remember, but I guess that that's now the most dubious uh, musician-related banner in a hockey arena now that Celine Dion is uh, finally vanquished. In local sports, when it came to banter, everyone made fun of the fact that the Miami Heat retired Dan Marino's jersey and retired uh, Michael Jordan's jersey. Meanwhile, skating under the radar, no pun intended, was a Celine Dion banner that the Florida Panthers had hanging in their rafters. So absolutely true. And then, I mean, not as embarrassing as a Celine Dion banner, but they used to have like all the team logos hanging out throughout the banners. Oh. And they would have like, they had like the Hartford Whalers still up there. They had the Thrashers up there for like three goddamn years after they moved to Winnipeg. It was like just someone go up there with a ladder and get rid of those things. But yeah, no, uh, my, uh, my heat season tickets in the shack days were right next to that, uh, that um, Dan Marino Jordan. banner. Oh yeah. And it was just like, every time I would turn around, like to go get popcorn or something, I would just like, come on, Pat, why did you do this? Why did you do this? But uh, back to the ice cats, Mike, uh, you know, we'll, you know, this has been a fun first half of the year. Obvious. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to allow you to pick Huberto. So, who is your first half M- MVP? You're not going to allow me to pick Huberto. What kind of game is this? <laughs> I'm making it tough on you. Ah, uh, jeez. You're not allowing me. Uh, uh shit. Uh, I'll go. Uh, I'll go Eck. I'll go Eck. Um, I mean, he's almost at a point per game pace as a why, why didn't you pick Huberto though? He's got to be the first half MVP. Come on. Yeah, so he but he pick oh, come on. <laughs> There, there, there's our there's our minute tag. Mike Ryan Ruiz. Uh, yeah, he he slams Huberto doesn't. No, but I, I agree with you. I feel like Ekblad goes a little bit under the radar. What he's doing on the blue line without giving up anything defensively, all the points he's putting up, all the offense he's driving has really been phenomenal. Like he's been under the radar in the local media and the national media. Like 
I don't know if yeah. he's in that like top three Vezina for most most of the national media, but I would have him there. Or I, w- I would yeah. do. Uh, and typically, yeah, I, when you have I always a, do that. When you have defenders, when you have defenders play such an active role in the offense by that blue line, usually they get caught sleeping a hell of a lot more. Um, off injury, he's almost improved defensively. The, the entire defensive unit has, including but between the pipes too. Um, Bobrovsky would would actually crack my top five in terms of MVP. Just, but that probably has more to do with what expectations were for him entering this season. It's kind of, it's kind of, he went through and came out the other side to the point that he might actually be underrated now because he was such a disappointment early on. It's kind of interesting to see what's happened with him. But I think uh, we'd be lying to ourselves if we still weren't a little nervous every time we see him on the team sheet, and especially come playoff time where you need your, your goalie to be special. Can he do enough? Can he make that one game saving save? Uh, well, time will tell. But um, but uh, I'll give the devil his due. He's been pretty good for us this season. Yeah, I mean, there's still some moments where you're like, God damn it, Bob, like he gave up a softie and then he's lights out the rest of the night. Uh, Tuesday against the Predators, that was probably his worst game of the season. And I think that kind of goes to your point, Mike, where you were saying like he's been, you got to give the devil his due. Like you didn't see the fan base revolt on Bob like you normally would after a poor performance. And there was a lot less for goal skis on social media where it's like, this fan base is finally starting to learn a little bit that it's, you know, that, you know, it's not always the goalie's fault, even though that wasn't his best game. He also shouldn't have been starting that game. Yeah. I I wanted to squeeze in there to say that was his, what was it? 240th, like 180 to 240 minutes in less than a week. Like that doesn't happen in the NHL anymore. It's kind of crazy that he was even playing. Yeah. He played Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and Tuesday. And especially coming off a two week break, that just wasn't great. And you're, you're seeing that now with uh, Johansson starting tonight with against the blue jackets, which I'm sure did not make Bob happy, but they didn't have a choice at this point. Mm-hmm. And now, Johansson's Mike, done okay. So far, he didn't really have a chance on that one goal. Cause uh line is always going to score from there. Yeah, that that's, that's, a, that's an easy one. Uh, Mike, since we talked so much about the heat and I know you're a big heat guy too, if you could compare this Panthers team to a heat team of the past to kind of, you know, bridge that gap between the, I'm sure we're going to get a, not a lot of non Panthers fans listening to this podcast because of you. So help, help the, the non fans bridge the gap. Huh. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 2005, uh, the year where the Miami heat weren't exactly favorites because you still had the Pistons out there. They had Shaq there. But if Wade doesn't injure his rib, the Miami Heat probably go to the NBA Finals against the San Antonio Spurs. But instead, they had to go through the suffering a little bit, and uh, they went to the NBA Finals the following year, and they they won the title. I think last year was akin to uh, 2004, where you had Wade burst onto the scene, you had Lamar Odom, you had Karan Butler, and they kind of announced themselves. And that was akin to last year. So I think this year might be that 2005. If they can stay healthy, they can make a title run. They still may have to go through some suffering because Lord knows Tampa is still in the middle of their run. And if you can see where I'm projecting, then that would make next year 2006. So if I had to draw comparisons, I would say that there's there's really no comparison in hockey yet 
to maybe the the nineties Red Wings, but to what the, the Miami Heat had here with the with the big three. So I think it'd be unfair to compare them to any of those teams. But apparently, um, yeah. I'm getting a 2005 vibe from this Florida Panthers team. Mm-hmm. I like that comparison a lot. I mean, the, you know, it, it's not a direct comparison in the sense that there was no Shaq kind of move that brought that was brought in. Like you can't call Sam Reinhardt a Shaq type acquisition. Yeah, but well, maybe mean, you can the way he's played the last I, month I, or two. He, Reinhardt had those expectations, and then he was considered uh, a bust. But now he's finally living up to that potential. So I don't know. Certainly, that wasn't the book on Shaq, but. He's kind of like one of these Jared Allen types in the NBA where they had all the promise in the world that didn't necessarily work out, probably considered by some to be a disappointment, but always had that high ceiling in him. So not Jack, but Jared Allen, who's an all-star, is a, a nice uh, NBA comp if we want to continue playing that game. Well, let's, yeah. let's continue playing that game, actually, because I wrote an article about this real quick because people have already seen it. Uh, tell me which one of these is off. I have... Barkov as the Wade Panthers equivalent. I have Bam as the Heat Ekblad equivalent. What, what was another good one? I, I think I have Hornquist as Birdman. Yeah, or yeah. Was I can't remember which one of them was Birdman. I'd have, I'd have Horny. Man, Horny might Udonis. Well, you, you have to yeah, have somebody that's been here for a long time, but Horny kind of fits that Udonis type role. Who's Radko? He might have been Birdman. I can't remember which one of them I had as Birdman. What, what, what do you think of Ekblad as Bam? And what do you think of uh, Barkov as Wade? I, uh, I like those very much. Does that mean Hoobie is LeBron? <laughs> oh, man. Like, I, ha- I had trouble coming up with the Hoobie one, but I, I knew I had to put it in the, the article. So I had him as Goran Dragic, which I know, like, kind of a oh. stretch to call Dragic Le- uh, Huberto. But they're both assist guys. They both have cool yeah. nicknames. So there Dragic- you go. Dragic is probably, this is not going to be popular with some older Heat fans, but I would say, I would contend that Dragic is better than Tim Hardaway at the point guard position in terms of Miami Ooh. Heat. I would rank Dragic as the best point guard in Miami Heat history. And if you look through the stats, we're looking at Tim Hardaway's uh, time here in Miami through child's eyes, I think, because the stats uh, kind of reveal something about Tim Hardaway that th- we we didn't exactly know while we were going through it. Now that efficiency matters uh a hell of a lot more, but I am going to take the vine because you, what you did to me with Huberdo earlier on was so unfair. <laughs> I, want to, um, I want to take the opportunity to really sing his praises. Cool. I know a lot of people are, but I was always a Huberdo guy. This wasn't, I mean, it's not like uh, twilight. I'm not picking a team, but when it came down to Barky and I love Barky, but when it came down to Barky and Hubie, I was always a Huberdo guy. And I'm really happy to see him ascend to these levels. It's, it's kind of crazy that we have these, the two greatest players in franchise history right now at the same time. They're only 28 years old, but they've been here for a decade. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's these are, these are the halcyon days. You, you got to tell people that these are the good old days because they won't know it until they're gone. By the way, I just looked it up. I actually had both of them in the article. I had Radko as Birdman. And I think this was prescient because I actually wrote it before the season started. I have Hornquist as PJ Tucker. Oh, that's actually, that's actually a real good one. That's, yeah, I like a- that one a lot. That one worked out really well for him. Yeah. yeah, he's been so good. The one that didn't work for you is uh, Duncan Robinson and Carter Verhage. Uh, man, and Carter, there are times that Carter feels like he's the best player on the ice. And then there are some times that you're looking around like, 
where the hell did Verhage go? So actually, maybe the Duncan, <laughs> maybe the Duncan <laughs> Robinson comp isn't isn't too bad. But I I trust Carter Verhage's guts. I've seen it in the playoffs. Uh, Duncan, oh, yeah. I still got to work myself up oh, to yeah. it. The revenge tour yeah. is going to happen against the. Uh, what, what was the saying again? For the lightning. Oh, uh, uh, bolts, cats. Uh, this means raw. It's raw. That was a great shirt. Uh, like the 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 blank Tampa Bay Lightning. I can't remember what what it, the adjective was. Oh, the dreaded something like that. God, God forsaken Tampa Bay Lightning. The, I mean, I had a lot of. <laughs> well, well, well let, let let's piss off Lightning Twitter. Why are the Panthers better than the Lightning this year, Mike? Points. <laughs> uh, look, man. Yeah, I uh, I I respect the hell out of Tampa. I actually enjoy my time in Tampa, despite all the banter. I enjoy going to Lightning games. I love giving it to them. They got real good hockey fans over there, and I admire greatness. And as much as I hate that team, and as frustrating as Vasilevsky is, as it, they're just. It's undeniable. They're king of the mountain, and you're going to have to slay them. It's, it was really unfair last year uh, because of the pandemic. You could have made an argument that maybe the Florida Panthers were the second-best team in the league, and it, it just worked out unfortunate for them the way that the playoffs worked out. And it might be the same exact case this year. I know Colorado has an argument for it too, but this, this has the potential, the seeds of being a really special rivalry. But it also has the seeds – of of Jordan trying to get over that Pistons hill and maybe to do another NBA comparison. I, I, the Pistons are probably the lightning right now, and we may need a, another year of suffering a, a little bit, maybe another year of figuring out exactly what is necessary between the pipes. Maybe a, a, a soul-crushing loss will get this team to – truly be aggressive in the trade market credit to them they found ways to make moves um you mentioned reinhardt they 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 found ways in years past to actually cut salary while improving the team by taking guys that probably weren't super productive in the places that they were before plugging them in this uh, system and allowed them to reach something closer to their ceiling but true buy-in maybe 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 another painful postseason elimination would get true buy-in from this ownership to do whatever it takes to seize on this window because a, a championship would do so much for this franchise, a franchise that is always on the tip of everybody's tongue whenever they talk about possible relocation just because Miami, uh, South Florida isn't South Florida isn't one of those markets that the greater NHL fan base respects all that much. And if you somehow win a title here, we've seen it in this state. If you win a title and build on that success, you become you can become one of the great hockey towns. And God, I would really love that for this team because the games are so fun. And I think more and more people are getting turned on to it. Yeah, there really is no comparison to a playoff atmosphere hockey game. Like I've been to any NBA finals games. Like I was at game seven against the Spurs, game five against OKC, Panther game, like Panther playoff game, or just NHL playoff games in general. It's just such a different kind of atmosphere because every second is you know asshole clenched at tip of your yeah. seat like it's game so one, much pressure game one against the lightning last year was one of the best sporting events i've ever attended we came out on on the wrong side of that one but nighter's game and game five that that, that stuff was electric and uh, i am 
eagerly awaiting, eagerly awaiting uh, the postseason this year. Hopefully we can win this division and get a more favorable draw. The conference looks so, so difficult. At certain points, you're ready to write off a team like Pittsburgh and kind of look at the standings. You, you look at you look at some of the numbers, and this isn't a two-team race by any stretch of the imagination in this uh, in this conference. It's going to be very difficult. Mike, it I know we got to get you race, out here. The Panthers and the, the Hurricanes. There we go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Mike. I know we got to get you out of here. Um, I also forgot to introduce you as Golden Kane, Mike, as a fellow UM fan slash UM alum. I thank you for your service. Uh, but we're going to play a quick game of keep one, kill one. Carter Verhage, Huberto. I have to kill one? Yes, you got to kill one. I'm, I'm not going to – this is a very unfair thing that you're doing to me because you've had me trash Huberto with, uh, with your framing earlier on. I'm not killing anybody. But if I had to keep one, I'm keeping Huberto. All right, how about the start one, sit one? Does that one feel better? Yeah, start okay. Carter Verhage. Uh, I'll need to start a dialogue. So this one you'll probably want to kill one. Surfer hockey guy or death metal hockey guy? Kill, kill, kill death metal hockey guy. Kill him. Kill him dead. In fact, uh, uh, I know you were looking to break news, but I'm not going to give you any, any of the big juicy chunks that you're looking for. I'm sorry, my friend, but I will give you one scoop. Death metal hockey guy is dead. Thank dead. God. Dead. I agree with you, and I, I I completely disagree with Dan. Fuck, fuck death metal hockey guy. Long live surfer. The worst. Long, long live surfer hockey guy. Now, we're uh, dude. There it is. Last one. Start one. Sit one. Roy or Chris as a hockey fan. Chris Cody as a hockey yes. fan. I'll start Roy. Roy's been in these streets. Roy was sitting next to me eating uh, low main. At the old, uh, at the old, what NCRC rooting on David Booth. Uh, <laughs> that guy's been in the streets for a long time. That's how you know someone's a true fan when they're bringing David Booth references and the low main because the low main it's really good at the arena. Yeah. All right, Mike. Thank you so much for your time. Um, plugs, I know, plugs, plugs. Yes, plugs. Even though uh, everyone knows where to find you, the Dan Levitard Show. Plugs. No, no hair plugs. Though the hair does look good, Mike. Yeah. Um, you, you've got, you know, what do you want to plug? I know you've got a, uh, a play coming out, a musical coming out. I actually can't Ooh. wait to see that. Yeah. In fact, if you want early access to it, go to world right now. Uh, prove that you're not a robot and give me all your data and you get early access to Sue songs and we'll be releasing the, uh, the musical as a podcast episode early next week. And then a, conventional streaming full album release shortly thereafter on all major platforms hopefully we can get it to chart the first two songs are out right now and the uh i've been really floored by how much people love it it's going really well i think people are going to love this project the musical is called the big game and it's out next week so please if you want early access to two of the tracks to see what you're getting into next week go to world all right which of the two should i include a snippet of to take us out or or neither should i just use something else entirely uh if you use a snippet i will come after you for royalty <laughs> and I will, we I can't will. afford that tj we cannot afford that yeah the, the legal team of panthapri has spoken so i think that we're I gonna have, have to go with our typical outro 
given you permission. That is dissemination, my friend. And I will sue you and this podcast for everything it's worth. No, no. Yeah. Uh, Mike, thank you. So I would have allowed it had you not done that to me earlier in this episode. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's all this my is, fault. This so, is so terrible. The, We've so lost this a big opportunity for our world premiere. Oh, wait, this next request is going to be even harder for me when he says no. Mike, can I get into the Discord? No. <laughs> if, you have, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Oh, that hurts. That really hurts. All you right, Mike. Up, uh, you got to hit up Mark, formerly of Reddit, and he'll let you say, I, I, hey, I interviewed Mike, and I love the musical, and I didn't call it Broccoli, and he said that it's okay to let me in. And if he lets you in, then you're in. There we go. All right, Mike's getting out of his car. He's got a soccer game to go play. Good luck in net tonight. Keep a clean sheet. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. Thank we you, Mike. Get you back. Um, Appreciate it, guys. It's impossible to keep a clean sheet here in 77, but uh, I'm just looking to not get hurt. <laughs> no, that sounds exactly like beer league goaltending. So uh, soccer and hockey aren't that too di- aren't that different here. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Mike. Have a great night. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.